0: Listeners and futurists, welcome back to the Future Will Not Be podcast, a biweekly discussion about future shock. The time that we are living in is a very disruptive one. Our society is being remade time and again within a single human lifetime. That's pretty cool, very exciting, lots of cool tech and societal changes happening very rapidly, but uh, we may have some trouble keeping up with that, our laws, our societal norms, our culture. Uh, our families. What are we doing about it? How are we keeping up uh, educationally and otherwise with these changes? That is future shock. Uh, It it can cause us existential dread, and that is what this show is about. My name is Matt Silverman. I'm joined as always by two other gentlemen who have covered media and technology for about a decade now. Uh, To my left, Evan Engel. To my right, Alex Fitzpatrick. Ahoy hoy.
1: A little bummed you didn't do In Order from Best to Worst. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs>
2: well, that's, so, that is the order he went in, so it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ma- made some sense. <laughs> I didn't even want to say it, but... Sure. You know, it very much you know, goes Matt, different. Evan, me. That's that's the established <laughs> hierarchy here of goodness. <laughs> of goodness.
0: Uh, speaking of best and worst, uh, today's topic is a little bit different. We typically think about and talk about technology with a capital T. Uh, What are the broad trends that are going to affect human life in the next 10, 20, 500 years? Uh, What are we looking at generationally? Uh, That's typically what this show is about. Today, perhaps a lively and abbreviated discussion about the here and now, the tech companies that uh, shape everything we do, say, hear, consume, uh, the way we express ourselves. That's probably gets boiled down to a handful of maybe five to eight technology companies that uh, either create media on the internet that we so love, uh, create and build the internet itself, or perhaps the devices on which we consume the internet. Uh, And uh, we had the idea to get into this discussion of, you know, which of these companies is having. The quote-unquote best or most positive effect on human life and our society, and which is having the worst, and that is a this is going to get controversial, and this is going to get uh, qualitative. So I'm will throw it out to y'all. I think Evan, you had this idea, uh, what you or you had this conversation recently with friends. This, uh, this came, where, where did it Where did it go?
1: So this came up recently, and, and, it, and it's really. It's a fascinating thing to consider, and I, and I guess we should probably throw out some some boundaries here, right? If we're yeah. largely, we we think we're talking about Apple and Amazon, Google, Facebook, and Twitter. I think when when people talk about big big four, big five tech companies, I think that's that's typically what we mean. And that that definition is fine. It's a little arbitrary, I think, because you could just as easily say somebody like IBM or Microsoft should be in there. Mm-hmm. You could say I, I I don't know why you would say Apple and not Samsung. Right. Samsung is is doing just about everything they're doing with uh, the exception of operating systems, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, Sony, Sony could be on there. Uh, but uh, no, no. But I. Well, in there's there's I,
2: Evan's best answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in, in seriousness, all these companies are are doing, and I think Matt, you, you defined it well. Is is companies that help us use the internet. You know, we uh, uh, the PlayStation, the PlayStation series is a really revolutionary gaming console, as is the <laughs> Xbox. I'm serious. I'm serious. Like where, like this is sure. this is uh, it, how big is the gaming industry? Four billion dollars, something like sure, that. Sure, sure. Well, yeah.
0: well. So let's let's. Um, I, I boundaries are great for the conversation, but I, I'm saying maybe the boundaries are permeable because uh, I, I like how you said Apple and Samsung basically doing the same thing. And they are. And so if 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 we were to if someone were to say uh, cr- the, the creators of smartphones are the most important companies on the planet Earth right now, full stop, then I would draw the circle around. Samsung and Apple together. And you would talk about them together and we would qualify that uh, as we go. So, you know, and then that's great.
1: So, so then the, then the difficulty is how do you measure, measure the, you know, the best and the worst of these, how do you measure impact? It's, it's, these things are so, so wide ranging and so far reaching. And, and so, so there's no, there's no easy way to, to quantify this stuff. So this is all a speculative episode. This is a fun Mm -hmm. one. Uh, mm-hmm. It's fun. It's fun for us. I'm, I'm sure it's fun for anybody who's listening to. <laughs> it's easiest to start with the worst, so let's do that. Uh, who has had the worst? That's that's uh, you know. It's tempting to say Amazon uh, because we know so much about their labor practices, and we know so much that that this this is people's actual day to days. Is every article we read about it just sounds like this this hellish nightmare? Uh, it's tempting to say Amazon. That said, uh, Facebook. I think is is also a, an easy one, and and especially uh, as we look at the choices they've made recently regarding how to moderate speech on their platform, especially speech coming from from political leaders, uh, and given given how well understood their failure of, in 2016 is, and and the stakes of that failure, Facebook to me looks like it has had a more negative impact. Overall. Amazon's Amazon and that's not to make light of of the way that Amazon treats its the its employees. Uh but, but it is you know the, the number of people who work for Amazon is, are, is far fewer than the number of people who either work for Fa- or, or use Facebook, or the are number affected of pe- by are affected by it. Right? Yep. Entire societies are, are affected by the poor choices that Facebook makes in moderating its platform. So, so for me, and, and you could you could put Twitter in this, but Twitter maybe maybe only because its user base is much lower. Twitter mm-hmm. hasn't hasn't uh, had these problems at the same scale. Facebook has. So for me, when you're looking at tech companies and you're, you're asking yourself who has had the worst impact of any of them overall, I'm going to say Facebook.
0: I wholeheartedly agree for the exact same reasons. And just adding on a very personal note, which has no bearing on like the wider societal thing. I mean, but, but maybe, maybe I'm not alone. I get a lot of Value out of Amazon, I get a, my me and my family. I get value from Amazon, and yes, those practices, those terrible labor practices aside, that's an issue that that I have to reckon with as a user. Um, Amazon makes my life better, and the more I use Facebook over the last ten years, the less and less value it provides to me. The the content is bad, the connections are bad, the the way it uh, presents content to me is not fun it's not entertaining it's not informative at all and as a content creator uh it's it's just utterly useless
2: have you guys noticed like facebook recently just injecting content from people that you don't follow and brands that you don't follow uh Hmm. and it's it's just really lowbrow bad content and it's like why am i visiting this site anymore i don't get it Right. right what
1: kinds of stuff are you seeing
2: I'm getting this, a lot of video game stuff, but it's, like, really clickbaity, teasy, like, you won't believe the character that Nintendo just introduced to Smash Brothers
0: or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care. And it's not even, it's not a page or brand you follow. It's just completely right. It's Right, like, and it's
2: even labeled as, like, content you might
0: enjoy or whatever, sure. you know?
2: Yeah. And
1: even if I did care, I'll, I'll probably believe it. They're not, they're not introducing like,
2: <laughs> Unless it's, you know. if
1: they introduce like Osama Bin Laden as a playable character, I'm going to be shocked. I will be shocked. But Sweet. anything short of that, they're like, it's Finally Luigi. Finally, the Smash Brothers it, yeah. Call of
2: Duty crossover we've always wanted. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're like, they're like Luigi, but he's blue now. It's like, yeah, fine. I, I find that <laughs> very, that's so believable that is entirely within the realm of possibility. <laughs>
0: Uh, th- this strikes me as Facebook's like desperate, thirsty attempt to to look at you as a user. And and I don't know if you're uh, active. I know Evan is not is off Facebook, like fully deleted. I am not very active, and I don't know Alex if you're very active. But that to me sounds like the algorithm going. Oh God! Please look at something, please. And and I see that in another dimension because I removed Facebook from my phone. I occasionally log on the web to uh, just check for messages and uh, use it for work. But because I don't use it on a habitual basis, I get text messages from Facebook saying, "Hey, uh, somebody, this person posted a thing oh, with yeah. a link back to Facebook." Oh, like yeah. literally, Facebook is texting me, and I would uh, I would block that text account uh very handily except i need it on for two-factor authentication for two-factor. like i can't i can't oh. not have an account and i need to be able to keep the account secure so i'm stuck with these thirsty like hey did you see this thing happen on, on your news feed and i just write back to the bot and i tell it to uh to to go to heck
2: that's well, awesome. Because I do the same thing when uh, I get text messages like, you know, your package is on its way. And I'm like, oh, thank you for flying to <laughs> a bot that nobody's You're ever conveyed. It makes me feel good to be polite, you know.
1: I I had no idea you guys did this. I have I have no relationship with these bots. I let them serve me <laughs> as they should. And I do not do anything for them in return.
0: <laughs> but this makes me very – it makes me sad in a way because – a, a, a user-friendly, easy-to-use network that, you know, both me and my grandmother can both be on and use and stay in touch and share updates and, and be connected. Like, it used to be really good. It used to be very valuable. And the newsfeed paradigm of we have to, or, or perhaps I'll frame it another way, the advertising paradigm is of this, yes. where yes. we need you on this platform all the time and the only way to keep you interested at all costs is to say is to show you content that's like you won't believe you won't believe and that was innocuous at first and then that rate that race to the content bottom gosh we did just did not see 2016 coming at all like we all as content creators were like this kind of stinks like this is a bad place i'm not really i'm not really getting value from it but the fact that like our cl- the, the clickbait headlines that we knew were great on Facebook would also have political ramifications, like that was sobering. Yeah. And I wish that they walked it back and said, hey, we we messed up. This is a bad system. We're going to do better. But they didn't. They just said, nope, this is well, we're doubling down on this. This is how it goes.
2: You mentioned the the alternative of like the, the idea of a non-advertising based uh, place where you could share updates and, and connect with people and that exists and it's group chat group text yes Mm yes which is Mm -hmm. the single Mm -hmm. best thing to use right now and it's right it's the the bummer of it of course is that like there was a time with facebook and other social media platforms where you'd meet somebody new and you'd invite them you'd become friends and then there was that like thing where you would share information onto your your facebook feed or whatever thinking that this new person in your life would see that information and like it was just a way of that was the way of being social for a little while Mm -hmm. and now it's back to let me have your number. Um, and then, you you know, you connect with either directly or through group chat. And I think that's the alternative that works really well for a lot of people. And that's, that's yeah. what I've been doing. It's nice. Sure.
1: Do you think? Do you think to to make us sound as old as possible? We are all men in our thirties in long term relationships. Do you think that that is still the case for for kids? For for if you're in your twenties, no man, they're
2: TikTok
0: or whatever. Yeah,
1: they're still there's because there there is still this. They're still in a social space where opening themselves up to these new relationships can still can still be rewarding. I think.
0: Yeah, right? but I mean, everything from what I know about that, the kids are all moving to group messaging as well. I mean, there are sure. it's on social platforms, but. I think the way kids use Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok is not like, hey, I'm publishing to the world and and everyone can see this. It's more like I have my 10 friends, my 10 buddies, and we're going to just send memes back and forth or funny selfies back and forth. And that's the primary uh, communication tool. Um, I guess, and I obviously agree with you about, about the group chat, I guess there was something very useful about the news feed of like, if I send a text to my high school acquaintance and saying, hey, check out this life update. Like that's weird and silly and I would never do that. But if you post it into a public newsfeed context and that person happens to see it and then they say, oh, that's great. What are you doing? It created this serendipitous, wonderful interaction that was valuable, but now it's like, Oh, did that post? Was that post optimized for maximum uh, resonance with the most number of people? And was it a paid ad that you spent money? No, goodbye. You're not. You're not participating in this conversation.
1: I'm reminded of a tweet from friend of the show Josh Gondelman, uh, <laughs> who who said something to the effect of uh, "Social media is the single best way to impress." Five people you went to high school with while feeling miserable all day <laughs> and uh, yeah. it seems a pretty pretty accurate trade-off
2: right to to harp on some more worst companies for for a minute. Um, yeah. I, I totally see where you guys are coming from from the Facebook perspective, and Amazon, I have a similar sort of um, trouble reconciling my feelings about the company's labor practices and other stuff that it's up to. Uh, and, and you know the CEO's acclamation of great wealth with how much I use the service and how convenient I find it, and not just the <laughs> delivery, but like the storage space and the movies and all the other stuff that you get. Uh, so it's it's quite the dissonance. Um, that's that's difficult to process. Um, but I think that when we're talking about Facebook and a lot of the negatives, especially with, with regards to 2016, um, and I know that it it's not quite as large or as massive, but like, my God, do I have trouble find, understanding or finding a reason to justify Twitter's existence these days? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really, like, I say that as somebody who, I love Twitter, and I'm, I'm, I'm consciously aware that I'm addicted to it. Um, but every day lately, it's just like, why am I spending time with this thing? And I think it's just got such a grip on um, people like us in the media, uh, politicians, especially the good stuff that happens there. just feels so far and few between these days. And I just don't understand it.
1: Charlie Brooker of black mirror fame has called Twitter a video game. And it seems, you know, we, we talk about gaming and we talk about gaming addictions and, and everything that is true of that does seem to be true of Twitter. That it, it seems you just keep trying the levels until until you know you get uh, until you score until until you get something sure. that, that that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm still trying. someday someday I'll get. Yeah, the, <laughs> uh, the last level you have to fight at
2: real Donald Trump, and it's just <laughs> a heck of an boss. <laughs> so heads up for that. S- save your game before you do. <laughs> So, for the kids out there when when I was young uh you would have to actually manually hit save on a game before a boss battle uh to make sure that if you died, you'd go back to the place before the, the boss battle started uh we didn't have your fancy auto saves and cloud saves and
1: all that so the more you know so now so Twitter okay, so let's unpack twitter because because you're right, Twitter has exacerbated everything that that's that's wrong in the world uh in its own way uh Twitter is also it, it Whenever, whenever Twitter is asked to defend themselves on this they they say that the abuse problem is very hard to solve and they're uh, it, while they could certainly do quite a bit more to solve it and and it's frustrating that they then they've made completely insane choices uh, at the end of the day they're not totally wrong when you let people say anything you can't stop them from saying something bad about somebody else that's the, you, you can't, or you don't want to police speech that way. Uh, I, I guess I, I acknowledge that Twitter has, has done so much wrong and, and I would love to see them fix their problems. I also acknowledge that, uh, at the end of the day, I have some sympathy for where they're coming from. Not a lot, not a lot. Mm-hmm. They, they, their, their choices regarding white supremacists and, and targeted harassment of women are, are insane and obviously bad and, and could be fixed. Uh, within the week, if they chose to, but some of their choices around around abuse, I I think they're facing a, a really bad trade off.
0: It's hard for me to to speak to the abuse stuff. And I I want to go back a little bit to where where are you losing the value, and I'm wondering why that is because um, I I saw I, I feel the value of Twitter yes in the early days was twofold. One was it was not an algorithmically powered thing. It was it was truly a free-for-all, free market of ideas where, you know, you saw a tweet go by and if it was great or timely or funny or whatever, that would get the love based on its own merit, not on an algorithm being triggered to serve it to lots of people to then snowball it into something uh, bigger. So I really liked the... Um, that all tweets were created equal at least in the early days right uh and then secondly that that uh, i remember loving twitter because uh started from nothing didn't know who to follow and and in the early days it was like follow this celebrity and follow that celebrity i was like no and i just followed a few people i knew and then those people and i would see who they were talking to then i'd talk to those people and it became this really lovely like small 24 cock- 7 cocktail party of like i had 500 followers and 500 people followed me and we all talked at all we all talked to each other all the time um and that would th- those two things combined were like yeah like twitter is really cool and innovative and fun and somewhere between then and now somewhere between maybe 2012 and now What happened? Is it is it a scale problem? Is it that there's too many public figures? Is it that everyone's just yelling at each other? And my worry about the circles that we roll in is that um, it's when you follow a lot of media people and the and the concentric circles around those people, I worry it's like. Outrage about this and outrage about that, and yeah. and there's plenty of reasons to be outraged, but it just ends up being like a lot of shouting. When I and I, and the reason I used to use Twitter was like there's some funny people on Twitter, and and I they still are there, but um it, if you're not, if you're not following the right people or you haven't closed your circles, you know, tightened up your circles, um it may be hard to see them. That's my working theory, but um I'm not as in it as 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 uh, Alex is. I think it's scale and
2: virality or the, the promise slash the threat of virality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you look at Twitter and it's early days um, to, to go back to group text. I mean, that's basically what Twitter was, right? Before right. they even had an app, it was you would text a number and it would basically auto send that text to a ton of people at the same time, right? Um, that was like the earliest conception of the service as we know it. Um, and that was that like the the perfect thing in a lot of ways. And now... You know, you bring in the the scale and the virality and the uh, the the quest to make it a profitable business uh, mm-hmm. via advertising model, um, and that's where all the problems come in. I think. Yep.
1: What would What would Twitter have to do to get out of the the bottom of your list, Fitz?
2: Oh boy. Um, well, I think the moderation is part of it, right? Um, but I don't even think it's a I don't even think it's a company fixable problem at this point. I think it's just like. It's almost like, you know, you go to a certain bar and it's like, I don't want to be in this bar. Like this bar, this bar's is awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what the bar does about that. You know what I mean? Like you just get this sort of sense of a, a place that's unpleasant. And I think it's like oh. a rebranding kind of thing, at, mm. at least, I guess.
1: Well, I think at that point, then you have to go, you have to do the roadhouse strategy, right? You got to, you got to find I your kick Patrick a guy Swayze. In the face. You got to kick, you got to <laughs> kick a guy in the face. Patrick Swayze is the second best bouncer in the world, uh, mm-hmm. in that movie. And he comes and he cleans that place up and he takes it from a dingy roadhouse <laughs> to a kind of, a kind of bougie yuppie bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, he cleans that. So yeah. So you got to find your, your Swayze.
2: I don't know if I want it to be a, a bougie yuppie bar, though. I just want, like, yeah, a chill was, hang with some dartboards.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by that, too. But uh, but that's really, those those are the only two kinds of bars you could have. <laughs> I'm not sure I've
0: ever seen Roadhouse, TBH.
1: Oh, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Sounds like it.
0: but uh, you might have uh, just spoiled the whole thing. Watch, watch, watch the Mystery Science Theater or Rift Tracks version of it, because I, I don't believe it's a good movie, but I think you can get through it with uh, with the commentary. Sure. What, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: what? Why is pe- why are people ripping on Roadhouse? It's a
0: great movie. I don't know. <laughs> Classic American cinema. I've heard. I've heard some things. But roof, but I, here roof. here's the thing. I love this bar analogy. Let's just um, step back and, and get back to the 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 bigger question here. Um, e- e- Twitter Twitter or at least the the circle on Twitter that you hang with has become a dive bar. And it's, it's not fun for you. Totally get that. I have the same feelings. And so I, I, I think about that and it's like, so then I walk away from the bar. And if people still want to patronize the bar and enjoy the bar, like, great. But the bar is in some ways just a closed place on on the street or on the internet like the bar doesn't ruin society the way facebook (laughs) does you know what i mean yeah yeah. so you can just take it or leave it but but even if you quit facebook you still see the headlines of like well this went really this affected political ads and whatever like it's still a massive problem when two billion people are using it 10 times a day
2: yeah yeah you're absolutely right um I think this is just this. My my sense is really just a measure of like where I spend most of my time and what's what's most prevalent for me top of mind mm-hmm. when I think about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really a reflection of my bias and the fact that I have TweetDeck open basically all day at work and totally then totally. like an idiot you know launch it on my phone the second I leave work like oh I what's on Twitter today <laughs> like no you idiot you've been on this thing all day stop it right at least right. go to Instagram oh. or something.
1: <laughs> oh are you on are you on twitter i didn't
2: let me let me like i think we, uh, we're harping on the negative which is totally fine but let me continue out the bar metaphor and spin it positively the bar that i really want to hang out at and and the social media company the tech company that i think is super great is pinterest I love Pinterest. Hmm. Really? Yeah, I'm into it. And like, I don't use it as much as I should. But like, every time I go on there, it just seems to be a place where like, number one, they're doing content moderation really well. Uh, And bless them for that. But number two, it's like, here are some nice recipes and some cool arts and crafts stuff and and things like that. And it's just like, this is a nice place to spend some time and hang out. Like, it's very Mm -hmm. soothing. It's like, Mm -hmm. you go in and it's like, if Twitter is the sort of dive bar, then like, Pinterest is the tea parlor of the internet. And it's like,
0: not where I want to spend all my time, but it's a super relaxing place to go sometimes. I'm fascinated by how um, site or platform architecture or intent, let's say, uh, we'll we'll clarify these terms, how that affects the culture of a platform. Meaning when Pinterest came on the scene, there was something about it, something about about the way it was built or the way that early adopters used it that focused it on home decor and crafting and recipes. And and that became the culture of the platform. And I'm sure there's other content there, but uh, that seems to have persisted. And it's a nice place. Whereas perhaps Twitter or Facebook were built in a way where it's like free for all, do whatever you want. Politicians, come on in and tweet whatever you want to tweet. And that somehow became a, a different ecosystem of content. Uh, and I, this reminded me of, um, we chatted with a, a writer from Wired who covers VR and there's two very, uh, I wouldn't call them very popular. They're not certainly VR, is certainly not mainstream, but right now there are two, um, social apps, not like video games, but social spaces where you can hang out and chat in VR. And one is VR chat which is completely unmoderated. And it's basically like you want Bugs Bunny or Sonic the Hedgehog to be your avatar, go to town infringe on any IP you want, make whatever you want, racial slurs, what like go crazy. And it's a crazy place. And the other one is rec room, which I had not been familiar with, but it's based around like, Hey, come on in, build a little like comfy room for yourself and then play, um, play like darts or bingo or like little like games, with the people you meet and oh here's a friend they want to play with you like play. and apparently according to this writer like rec room is a beautiful lovely place where people meet and hang out and people have gotten married in rec room hmm. and vr chat is a crazy hole and it's like oh because they designed these platforms from the ground up so differently i found that really fascinating and it, it really made me think about all the, these other platforms that we that are so mainstream and how they were built I think that's an excellent point. And I think it speaks to, you know, struggling to figure out like what
2: can Twitter or any other platform do to sort of fix itself or right the ship. And like, I think to some extent it is like, you know, the culture is built up over so many years and like, what are you going to do to change that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I late? feel like, I, yeah, I kind of feel like what we want is is a plat- a new platform that takes the the good um, and takes the bad, then you have the facts of life. Um, but no, you <laughs> takes the good of, you know, the various <laughs> platforms that we like and try something new the problem being that like the the current powers that be have such hegemonic power that you know any anybody that's tried has kind of utterly failed right there's some right. alternates out there that you're you know that reddit is not small but not facebook sized right and even that in reddit has
0: its own bag of problems right but far less so we've discussed this like yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to be a reddit apologist but like the, the 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 fundamental mechanic of Reddit is if more people say this is good than bad, then it will be more visible. It's like a fundamental like math, like plus or it's like a it's a, just a sum. You know, it's not an algorithm that's like a secret black box that's like, oh, we don't know who that you know Oh this yeah, yeah. piece I of think content problem, has one like and totally. it's inflammatory and boom, it's it's viral. Um that mechanical that mechanical difference alone makes Reddit a more valuable content platform for me personally and i think a lot of its users uh, i think the key
2: to reddit back. is um understanding it as a group of subreddits which is what it mm-hmm. is but like you, it's really like people talk about reddit as like one big hole but it's really like you jump from subreddit to subreddit and like one is going to be a pretty cool place to hang out with yep. interesting stuff and the other's going to be like oh whoa whoa there's a lot of nazis here like what just happened <laughs> and so you got to just be careful about what door you open right a tale a tale of two bars yeah yeah exactly
1: so keep it on the positives then. Uh, who do we think has had the best impact? Who do we think has has overall had the most positive impact? I, Pinterest, I I think Pinterest has done a good job. They for one thing they moderate their their algorithm. Uh, but I I don't think we can say that Pinterest has had the best impact of all. Of maybe maybe. What do we think?
2: Well, let me. Um, I'm gonna be jerk and talk about twitter for a second in a a Mm -hmm. positive light Mm -hmm. um and you know i've thought about this a lot and the one one of the, the the handful of things that i think twitter has done that's good for me um besides like helped find sources for stories and that kind of stuff but like i think it really has exposed me to points of view that i probably wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to and i think a lot about like black lives matter and you know movements like that where it's like i have a direct connection with um minority groups and and other people who like I probably wouldn't have I've just learned a lot about like how other people view the world Um, and I think that's inherently good Um, I do wish wish, like the, the network was a little bit less shouty and like quick to anger and all those things but it's nice to be able to have that diversity of thought in my feed. Um, and I think that's been a good and helpful thing. I don't think it's the platform that's done the most good, but that is a, a good thing that it's done for me personally, at least. And I
0: think th- that was the, the dream and hope and promise of all social media. And some do it better than others. So I think Twitter does it well. My fear is that most people are not like you. Most people do not sort of subscribe to a wide breadth of Twitter content. They probably just follow the 500, you know, uh NFL accounts or whatever the heck they like and that's all they see and that's all they do and and yeah. that's not a diversity of voices that's the same old stuff that they've that they've been consuming from any media source TV or whatever um and this is based on no data that is just my 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 general perception and fear about um that that social media is failing us you know in that way
1: maybe it is true that that people are not as intellectually curious as they should be. That's, that's true of everybody. Uh, but, and maybe maybe people are scared to be intellectually curious when it comes to other people. Maybe it's more intimidating to go onto Twitter and look for people uh, mm. who share your interests or who, who might force you to expand your interests. I, I don't think, and maybe, maybe this is just me, I don't think that fear is, is present when people are looking for reading material. Uh, so if if earlier, if we're talking about Twitter as a bar, I think, and and here's my nominee for the best, I think Google is more of a library. And I think when you, when you think about where people have gone since, you know, over the last 20 years, uh, to, with their intellectual curiosity and where they have found, uh, material to better their lives, I think it's probably on a, a platform owned by Google. Uh, and I, th- I think, and, and Google is very far from, from being without fault and, and it, it's not even my default search engine anymore, but, but, uh, even without Google, all of the, all of these things that are, that are offering, you know, uh, other, other search alternatives, uh, would not exist. Google is still the, the way by which we measure effective search and, and effective search has changed the world. And I, and I yeah. hope it's changed the world for the better. I, I, think it probably has that to to let people find the things that they want uh to to achieve in their lives uh so for me when i think about what's what has done best in the world i think it's probably google it's not without some of the issues we've talked about youtube probably shares all the same problems that facebook and twitter have in in regards to moderation Mm -hmm. but i think overall it's been it's been the best yeah. I realize uh, it's
2: not a, a capital M major technology company and, and mostly because it's not even really a company. It's a nonprofit, right? Um, but if you want to talk about uh, the sort of library of the internet, that's Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, hmm. And I hmm. just so fundamentally believe in what they're trying to do there um, at Wikipedia and Wikimedia in general. I'm just really impressed by the thoughtfulness there um, and the mission and what they're trying to pull off. I think it's just so – it's the Library of Alexandria, right? It's like yeah. the most amazing – repository of knowledge that humanity has ever created. Um, And it's not perfect, but, uh, you know, it's what the the thought is there. And I think they're working. It's the sort of idea of like the more perfect union. They're trying to build the more perfect encyclopedia. Just remarkable, I think.
0: And it's a living organism. So, you know, I feel like we have this culture that reveres books, like printed books, where it's like, oh, if it's in a book... Then it's, then it's really great and true and factual. And, it, and the truth is, like, books, I'm sure, have factual inaccuracies and problems and hate speech all over the place. And once it's in a book, like, it's somewhat permanent and can't be rectified until, you know, another book comes out and that's expensive. And historically, like, books are hard to access, blah, blah, blah. And this living organism that anyone can modify I, I, is revolutionary, of course, as you said, but, like, Remember when it started, and and everyone was like, "There is no way if everyone can access this, there's going to be all kinds of everyone's going to yeah. be stupid and biased. and what And in a, in a, in actuality, it's a self correcting organism that you know probably point zero zero one percent of the people who visit Wikipedia actually participate in Wikipedia, uh, but that that very small percentage of people who really care over time, do an amazing job. And to earlier points that we've made, there's no advertising. And that's why it's such a success. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I think, it would ruin it. Yeah.
2: I, I, I think that the advertising model is the root of a lot of evil on the internet. Um, have I ever told you guys my, my theory for fixing that?
1: For fixing oh, advertising?
2: Yeah, for fixing internet advertising. Yes, please. Oh. Um, it's, it's never going to happen, but here's mm-hmm. my thought. You, as a user... You pay your ISP, say, $100 a month for internet access. Uh, it would probably be, it would be more than what you're paying now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some slice of that would then be under my sort of Fitz's law here. Mm-hmm. Uh, say 25% would be allocated and put aside for the sites and services that you spent your time on over the course of a month. Hmm. Those sites and services would make money by competing for the slice of the ISP's uh, sort of reserve fund rather than by... Uh, via advertising. My thinking there is that the contest then becomes about time on site and about engagement and about things that I think lend themselves towards more uh, engrossing, informative experiences and less towards clickbait and, uh, you know, advertiser dominated things.
0: I absolutely love that. Wouldn't, the sites competing for those dollars and therefore attention have incentive to make addictive things uh in the in the same way is is there some of the same incentive of like we got to keep you addicted to this news feed or this little video game or whatever so that we can push as much advertising into your face as possible and sell your data that's a current model wouldn't there still be competition for that addictive behavior in your model
2: I think so, but I also think that people are going to do addictive things regardless. Like we're going to spend our time with some breakdown of news, and entertainment, and video games and whatever, right? Um, but in this in this way, I mean, this is really me coming at this from a very news uh, industry perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it it it's more a way to solve the paywall question um, and the the you know financial sensibility of of journalism question, which is that like you know we're providing an essential service for people um but there's also that original sin problem of like we didn't ask people to pay for online journalism when we first started doing online yes, journalism so what do we yes. do now right the original sin right exactly right. We built yeah it wrong. so like i think it's maybe not a fix for every inter- you know advertising model or, or internet behavior but i think it's like a way to at least get funnel some revenue towards people that are doing important work and not just in journalism but you know uh, more broadly. Like, uh, Wikipedia too would, would get money that way, I think.
0: Yeah. I'm really intrigued by this. I guess I'm wondering if I spent 300 hours playing my favorite video game and then I spent 20 minutes on Wikipedia and news sites and got tons of value from them, like really right. important life-changing value. How do you quantify and allocate uh, the funds? Not to pick apart the semantics because I no, really no, no, love please. the idea, but but that's you know I'm just thinking of ways to solve for it because I love it. Yeah, I
2: mean, I mean, you could you could get into the nitty gritty with like algorithms that take a stance on on what is worth what. I think that gets really really tricky though. Obviously, of course. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I think the, the most fair way to do it is by a, a you know percentage of time breakdown. Um, but I mean. That's but time doesn't equal value.
0: Uh, well, yes. You know, like I, yes. right, I, I might spend 20 hours reading a book or two hours watching a movie and they both told me the same story and I got different value from them. But so time is not equal value in that way. Very interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. Hmm.
1: I mean, certainly, and this is this is a, a fascinating idea. People have been talking about this for a long time. We're, we've seen experiments with this a little bit, with with things like Brave Browser has a has a crypto token that the, that can function similar to this. Even mm-hmm. even Medium, you know, trying to to create a paywall around Medium and and distribute that money to different publications. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is something that that we're seeing proposed is that the future of the internet is one in which we might we might pay to use it, and some people have. have taken that a step farther and said, yes, you'll pay to use the internet and you'll also get paid to use it. You'll, Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll receive right, right now we create value on Twitter and all that, all that value flows away from us and flows to to Silicon Valley. And in the future, maybe we will receive some sort of compensation for, for creating the value of these platforms. But in order for that to happen, we'll also have to, to pay. We'll have to have to return value to the people, to the other people who create value on there. Hell, this this is a cool idea
0: in some limited ways i do perceive that to be happening it's fundamentally broken and problematic but you know going back to youtube uh i guess if i'm just viewing youtube i'm not getting paid for that but i can participate in youtube and monetize my content if i want to mm-hmm. like you can't monetize can't necessarily monetize your content on the other platforms unless you're like amassing a huge following and then uh you know uh selling your own advertising which is a whole thing and that participation and compensation is another key reason why YouTube, despite all its problems, slash Google is 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 also my choice for best because there was a, there were conscious decisions made at YouTube along the way that said if we want this thing to be yep. a destination for content that people care about we have to build it in a way that empowers content creators to make money slash make a living on this platform now most content creators don't make a living on the platform it's very hard to do but some of them do and then they quit their boring job and they make youtube videos and then people love those videos and watch them and or give them money through youtube on patreon but like like that's amazing and somebody somewhere had to say oh it's not going to be just free like oh the clickiest clicky clicky stuff will just be the the winner someone made a choice to say we want people to subscribe and f- and be part of a creative community here not just a content uh fire hose the way other platforms are and that conscious choice again talk about site architecture Truly revolutionary. And so that's YouTube. Again, just echoing what Evan said, Google is my number one because, you know, Google, capital G, or Alphabet, whatever, at this point, the internet would make no sense and be useless to us without Google. Full stop. Google makes the best email platform ever devised, and I still think that email is the best among the best communication tools ever devised, we we trash email and we all complain about our inboxes. But asynchronous communication that I can like organize and tag and 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 or, you know keep keep straight and you know use as my to do list like it's my number one app of all time. And Gmail is the best best thing ever. Lots of problems, privacy issues, mm-hmm. but I get so much value. I say this a lot. If Facebook disappeared tomorrow, I would lose touch with a few people. And that would be a shame if Google disappeared tomorrow. My life would go into a free fall because it's so valuable to me. And I get most of it for free. Does that not make you nervous, though, from like a... Yes, of, yes, yes, it does. But all of these things come to us for free. And if they would disappeared, that would be bad. But at least right now, I get like, I am, a, I am a very, very productive person thanks to Google. And I have acknowledged that I've traded some privacy for that value. Looking at a Facebook news feed and cringing at, you know, people's photos like that has no value to me. So why would I trade my privacy for something that has no value? I want to get something valuable in return. That that's
1: my take on Google. It's a good take. I want to put a runner up before we run out of time. Mm-hmm. My my runner up and I think Wikipedia is a, is a strong runner up too. I want to add Mozilla and yes. and I I know you're gonna laugh, but Mozilla. If if every company operated the way that Mozilla operates, we wouldn't have the problems that we have today. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Mozilla, even though it is small, it has an outsized influence on companies like Google, uh, and it helps keep companies like Google. I guess you couldn't say honest, but it but it but it helps put a little fear in their hearts. So I uh, I'm gonna put Mozilla out there, and I think especially in the next year and two to come as Mozilla tries to position itself as as the do gooder of the internet, I think it's gonna be a very interesting one to watch.
2: Mm-hmm. One of the all
0: time good logos too.
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that logo. Solid, solid logo.
0: Uh, honest question: What is the core business model of Mozilla? Are they they are nonprofit, but like, do they just sell enterprise? Like, well, how do they keep going? So,
1: so uh, not not uh, not unhypocritically, uh, they receive a lot of money from Google to make Google the default search on the on the Firefox browser. Uh, oh wow, browser. that's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, they also I I think, you know, they're also funded by various nonprofits, I believe, and they accept user donations. Um, okay. but I think I think without that Google deal, they would be in in quite a bit of trouble. I could be mistaken on that, but uh That's but really I mean, interesting. I believe that's the case.
0: So if someone today out of nowhere said, I'm gonna make a privacy browser and whatever like dead in the water. Like they really, you know, they couldn't get a foothold. But because Mozilla and Firefox were among the first to act, among the first to jump in and kind of clean up uh, Internet Explorers and Netscape's uh, messes as the web evolved, so many people use them and therefore Google wants to pay to be in front of those users or to be part of those users. And that's it. Like, like, in, So I guess I'm saying the only reason Mozilla exists, if you are correct, and we'll look this up after the show, is because they were in the right place at the right time, and Google just has to throw them a bone.
1: That's that's, like, that's one, really weird. It's one possible explanation. A, another kind of cynical view is that is that Google kind of gets a free or somewhat free lab uh, in Mozilla, right? Mm-hmm. By by kicking by kicking you know tens of millions of dollars to Mozilla every year, they see what Firefox does, and then they can just you know take those those good ideas for themselves that right. that might not be accurate that's you know but that's that's certainly a, a cynical view that's out there yeah interesting
0: we've identified uh mozilla and wikipedia as as like man wouldn't it be great if all these companies operated like this but these are nonprofits and and they're yeah. in, in that regard they're in different cl- they're differently classified uh, but i think that also scratches
2: well, at something that we've been circling around without directly addressing which is that like maybe the way that we think about making money on the internet is fundamentally broken Mm -hmm. and bad Mm
1: -hmm. maybe if you create some sort of social commons that has value (laughs) maybe maybe the way that it's set up right now companies have to come and extract the value and make you buy it back from them oh boy maybe but but let's let's delineate (laughs) let's let's okay let's
0: delineate here uh, if if you use a product for free, if you use a service for free and yes. it's paid for by advertising, you are the product. If you have a nonprofit, then hey, kick in some goodwill and yes. everyone uh, sing kumbaya, cool, cool, cool. I pay for Amazon and I get value from Amazon. I am a customer of Amazon. I'm sure Amazon does tra- track me or do whatever it does to track my data, whatever. But like, by and large, it, that is a value exchange a monetary value exchange that i have with amazon yeah. i am a satisfied customer of amazon.com and its various services so uh is it different
2: yes 100 i mean that's the apple model as well right mm-hmm. right um they're
0: not advertising dependent and i, I, I what a revolutionary thing oh you, you that you give me products and i give you money like imagine if if the internet was built that way crazy right
2: yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think that goes a little bit to my sort of suggestion for internet payment. I do think that free advertising services is interesting in this sort of low-income user way, in the sense that like anybody can log on. Any if you can afford an internet connection, you can get this amazing suite of services from Google for free, right? Mm-hmm. That being said, there's this problem of uh, a sort of two-step or two two-tiered system where like. You can either afford to pay for privacy, or you can't, and that's no mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. We are seeing ramifications of that as well, right? The the most expensive phones come encrypted by default, mm-hmm. but uh, but the cheapest ones do not. Yeah. And and when you think about who is you know most vulnerable to to inc- you know incursions on their privacy, and who uses those phones. Uh, it's probably a a big overlap. So, so yeah, I mean, only yeah. only
2: only some some people can afford to put a giant wall around their house, right? I yeah. think privacy has always been a luxury, and mm. it's becoming mm-hmm. even more so now these days in a way that uh, it hasn't ever been before. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially as like it becomes rarer and rarer for for us to have privacy, um, it's increasingly a luxury good and like a thing that rich people will spend money on protecting of themselves.
1: So then is the, is the takeaway that if we could change the business model of the internet, if we could come up with a business model that recognizes people's contributions uh, and rewards them for it. Uh, and one that that is, but, but somehow one that is still accessible uh, to people, regardless of, of financial background, which is a, is, that's a hard Venn diagram there. Right. But if, we, if, if we could figure that out, we could see more companies that are like uh, Wikipedia and and Mozilla and, and, Fewer that are like Facebook and Twitter and Amazon.
0: It comes down to, you know, where, where do you get the funding from? And I I think in the case of a nonprofit like Wikipedia, it's a a, a handful of really generous people, probably some foundations, and then everyone just benefits from it, you know, or it's like NPR a little bit, like where this is free for you. NPR and PBS come to you for free, always will be as long as they're solvent. And uh, you can kick in some a few bucks if you want. But if you can't afford it, it's still free for you. That, I always come back to that. And that's Patreon too. And that's, in a way, that's a little Kickstarter and, and uh, you know, Twitch subscriptions and stuff of like, I can watch this stuff whenever I want and it's always free. But thanks to a handful of people that care, this stuff will keep coming uh, and being available. That, I always come back to that model as the... The way to keep things accessible, because the, the minute you put the wall around it, then it really is only for people who can afford it. And that you solve one problem of like you stop abusing people's data by saying, uh, you know what, we're going to sell access to this now. Now it's a premium product, but then people who can't afford it can't get it. So you you solve one problem, you create the other problem. The only solution I see is the public broadcasting model. And it works on the internet. Like people make a living from Patreon all the time, it's working really well. Uh, it's just not exactly like mainstream mainstream right now.
1: Do we have a Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should, should. You can Venmo us yeah. it at Alex James Fitz. <laughs> 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 We should. We should get one. <laughs>
2: Can I can I give one more shout, quick shout-out to a company that I think is uh, yes, worth shouting out? And, and yeah, it's, hey, again, a not a not a non-traditional, like, quote-unquote tech company, but, here man. Here comes Sony. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, I, I respect the hell out of SpaceX. Um, mm, okay. And oh. I think, and, and, in a way that, like, and I think they're proving out, like, Elon's always got this sort of attitude of, like, over-promising and under-delivering and pushing back deadlines and that kind of stuff. And and I find that really irksome. Um And he does it as, like, a means of motivation, I think. And it's just like, God, that would drive me nuts. Um, But I do think that I I agree with his sentiment that, like, we have to get off this planet sooner or later, and I think sooner. Um, And I think a company that is pushing that technology forward in such a strong and impressive way, where it's to the point where, like, firing rockets into space and delivering stuff to the space station and then, like, landing those rockets back on Earth is not an easy thing to do. No, it's Um, amazing. And he's made it routine to to most... Like, they haven't had a major accident in a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're about to start sending people up. And I think it's just, like, a pretty remarkable achievement in the private sector uh, that I think should be celebrated.
0: Yeah. Why do people hate on Elon Musk? And I I really don't have an opinion either way. I'm generally with you. Like, this guy and this company, at huge personal cost and risk... Is going to bring us to Mars. And maybe he'll fail, but like, of all the billionaires who are, uh, you know, wasting their time and money on other, like, why are people so like polarized around musk i don't understand i think
2: it's it's attitudinal i think it's like you know remember when he got in that fight with the guy who saved the kids in thailand and he was like so like only i can save these kids trapped in a cave and like that kind of stuff it's just weird
0: but he offered to save children and whether he's blowing smoke or not he he made a gesture to say hey i have lots of money and technology like not just money lots of people have money i have technology that might be useful in this cave it's here if you need it like
1: who would, who would crap on that? I don't get it. We're gonna need another episode for this. I mean, we, can't, <laughs> yeah. we can't. We can't. Right. start start Elon Musk at fifty six minutes in. Mm-hmm. We uh, let's nah, do an Elon
2: nah, right. episode. It's all Elon, We're, all the time. Let's go let's full get him, on on Elon.
1: Let's get him on. Let's get right. him on. Let's get Elon. Right. He'll do it. Great. He's, I've, he's
2: I've, done. He's done stupider stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: E- Elon, why do people hate you so much? Uh, Listen, we'll we'll
2: all play yeah, like Overwatch see? with Elon and, and do an episode <laughs> while we're playing Overwatch together or whatever. The kids are playing Apex Legends. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no one's uh, playing
0: Overwatch anymore after uh, the debacle. Oh, right, right. The whole Blizzard thing. Oh, oh they yeah. They really stepped in it. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's one it's thing com- to step
0: in it. It's, it's another thing to like smear it around your house after you step in it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's it's uh, particularly like the, it's difficult for me because I was going to put Blizzard as my number one. I was, I was going <laughs> to say Blizzard, yeah. But uh, but I'm going to go with something less traditional as a tech company. Just say the NBA. I think the NBA is uh, sure. doing amazing. Sure. Has, things. I think they've done the most good of a tech company. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right.
0: I I all in favor of NBA best company best tech company aye right. aye. Right. Right. It's a three pointer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right we have
0: to leave it there that was amazing you've been listening to the future will not be podcast uh let us know uh we're thinking about new ways to approach the show topics to discuss topics both small and large guests both impressive and fascinating so tweet us your thoughts and send us emails you can find that all at the future and we will talk with you in about two weeks time
1: yesterday